0: Let us pray. Father God, thank you for the joy that's in this room and the joy of this season and of this night, and really that this message which we focus on tonight is good news of great joy for all people. So I pray for us gathered here, for all who can uh, hear my voice, that it would be, that this message, this good news would be received by faith, Lord. So please uh, teach us in this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called, nothing that's in the top ten list of baby names this year, 2023. I checked. Uh, Prince of Peace was not on the top list. There is, however, a new number one boy name, uh, new boy-baby name. It's Noah which is a good Bible name, I like that. It has, now, it has displaced Liam, which had a four-year run of number one boy name. Oliver remains in number three. Uh, for the girls, if you're curious, I did the research for you. Olivia, uh, Emma, and Amelia, first, second, and third place. And all the uh names, Olivia, Amelia, those uh names, very popular, trending up right now. Um, and it's interesting to, to see how and why baby names trend uh, in such ways, pop culture has a lot to do with this. So, for example, this summer there was the, uh, the, the Barbie movie and the girl named Barbara trending up, as is Greta and is uh, Margot, from the, the director and the actor, actress there. Um, popular TV shows, the streaming show The Last of Us is likely responsible for the boost in popularity of Ellie and Joel as baby names. Uh, in the final season of Succession, the reason for Kendall and Siobhan, uh, also trending upward. Interestingly, pop culture wise, the female name Taylor is trending down as a baby name, but girl names that are lifted from Taylor Swift's songs all trending up. <laughs> Betty, Marjorie, Summer, Ivy. Uh, if you're a Swifty, you, you probably recognize that I'm not. I just <laughs> read it in the article. Um, Anyway, over 700 years before Jesus, there was this promise of a child to be born, a future ruler who would usher in a kingdom of peace into the world, a special baby who would be called the Prince of Peace. And I think in 2023, we could use an upward trend in peace in our world. Because we look out and we see a lack of peace. We see wars, uh, certainly uh, conflict between Israel and Hamas. Russia and Ukraine, there's um, Houthi pirates, and depending on how you count these conflicts, there's about 32 countries who are involved in armed conflicts today, whether it's civil wars or terrorism or uh, invasions and this kind of thing. And we ask ourselves, you know, is peace in the world even possible with that? I mean, historians believe that there probably has never been a time uh, in our world where where there was no wars at all. You know, why would we expect something different? And it's not just the wars in our world, but when we think about the lack of peace that we feel, there's there's all kinds of um, turmoil and concerns in our world that rob us of peace. I think of uh, political concerns, you know, heading into an election year. We wonder, can our elected officials work together to get anything good done um, or anything useful Oh, There's economic concerns, whether it's inflation or investments, or young people wondering, you know, will we ever be able to afford a home? Or older people wondering, will I ever be able to retire? Uh, just, just those kind of concerns. Or maybe, you know, more personally, family concerns. Marriage concerns, whether it's uh, or something with kids or something with parents. Um, family crises around illnesses and injuries, all these things. All these global issues and these personal issues are all things that can rob us of our peace every day. And yet, in this kind of world, the prophet Isaiah speaks of a coming prince of peace who, of the greatness of his governance, in the greatness of his peace, there will be no end. So where does that peace come from? It doesn't come from a political party. It doesn't come from, you know, peace protests. And it doesn't come from people improving themselves. It comes only through the prince of peace. So way before you were born, God appointed for us the one who would be the remedy for all of the things that rob this world of joy, that take away our peace. It's the Prince of Peace. Or in Hebrew, the Sar Shalom. And when we think of peace as shalom, it's much more than just the end of conflict and the end of wars. The biblical concept of shalom is about wholeness. It's about taking that which does not have peace and making it right and making it better, replacing the conflict with something whole and beautiful, and Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he brings his peace to us in in two ways I want to show you. The first way that Jesus is the Prince of Peace is that he brings us peace with God. Because the reality is, you could end all the wars in the world, you could have a complete ceasefire, no more killing, we still as a world would not be living the existence that God has intended for us, that God has designed us for what really needs to happen is we need to remove the root cause that causes wars in the first place. And the root cause is human sin. Now, when that root cause is removed, then there can truly be peace in our world. But it starts with peace between humans and God. There must be a state of peace there. So when the angels came on that to announce to the shepherds this good news, they, they said... it will show you verse 14 here. They said, peace on earth. But they didn't just say peace on earth in a a general sense. And we we love that phrase. We see it on the Christmas cards and little signs around your house and decorations. Peace on earth. It's a beautiful phrase. But what they they said, and this is a good translation, they said, peace to those on whom God's favor rests. It's peace to those who have received God's favor, his grace, his love. We need to receive peace the love of God into our lives. Without that, we are at war with God. It's not a popular notion, but we're talking about sin. We're talking about the, the reality that every person in this world, in one way or another, has strayed from God's design, from God's plan, that we've, we've, we've gone our own way, and we have a broken relationship with God. And sin isn't just the the bad things we do, or as uh, Darius Teaches the teenagers the dumb stuff. It is the dumb stuff. But more than that, it's the dumb stuff plus the condition of my heart that fails to love God fully. And God is holy and perfect, and we are not. We fall short. And that is why the world's so messed up. That's why we have all these problems. That's why we have these concerns. We've strayed from God's perfect path, from God's design. And because of that, because every human has lived in that sort of condition of sin, that we try to remedy it in different ways. And some ways, that we try to remedy it are very uh, irreligious. You know, I'm just going to do life on my own, be self-sufficient as I can, uh, intentionally or um, living intentionally living independent of God, ignoring God, and just trying to just trying to do our best. Other people try to remedy this situation, and it looks very religious looks like doing moral things and trying to make the world a better place and try to earn God's blessing or God's favor, essentially trying to manipulate God in some way. But the bad news is is that either way, it doesn't work. Whether it's very religious or very irreligious, those things just drive us even further from God. But the good news is that Jesus Christ is the true remedy for these things. That God sent a Savior to the world. That God's saving work and his, the peace that he seeks to bring go hand in hand in our world. That's why we see this Savior language in the announcement from the angels. Verse 11. A Savior has been born to you. It's, it's a, it's a, you needed to be rescued. We needed to be saved. It's not something that we could do on our own. It's not something that we could accomplish. How is it that we are saved? It's because of what that baby did. And that baby lived a life and was ushering in the kingdom of God. And that, that baby grew and went all the way to die on a cross. And what happens on the cross is that Jesus receives the penalty, all of the, the hostility between us and God. It goes onto Jesus. He takes that, and he dies, but he raises to new life so that we can receive forgiveness and new life in ourselves, and, and that He gives that to us. and so we, we receive a, a right relationship with God. And so when we think about the Prince of Peace who was to come, and the, the weight of the government is on his shoulders, the, uh, the famous Baptist pastor, W.A. Criswell, he put it like this. He said, the shoulders that bear the government of the universe are the shoulders that bore the cross to Calvary. And he went all the way to the cross for us. And that's his, that saving work is his gift to us. It's his grace us. When we receive that grace, we have peace with God, and then that's when that root cause of of conflict and war is gone, and then we can truly become peacemakers in our world. We have peace with God, we can have peace with other people too. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Just as we have been forgiven by God, we can forgive people around us, and it's, it's not easy. I know this time of year, there's old bad memories, there's family conflicts, there's all these things, but we can be people who offer true forgiveness. And we're also people who can receive forgiveness where we need it. I mean, the five hardest words to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. It's not easy. But we can admit when we fall short to other people because we've admitted that to God. And we can be truly um, experiencing reconciliation in our lives. So Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he brings us this peace with God that makes us peacemakers with the people around us. The second way that Jesus is the Prince of Peace is that he's the Prince of Peace who brings us the peace of God. So not just peace with God, but the peace of God. It's not just turmoil with me and the the world around me, but it's it's an inner, we can have an inner peace. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Jesus said in John 14, My peace I give you. Jesus wants his peace in us to to rule and to reign. So Jesus, as a prince of peace in your heart, to rule and reign there, we need to remember that's not a democracy. Uh, You don't vote him in. You have no right to vote him out of that office. When he comes in, he comes in to rule and to reign and to be the Lord of your life. But that's a good thing. Because God's rule brings peace. It's self-rule that brings anxiety. When we try to uh, rule our own lives and run everything right, it creates a bunch of anxiety. And you know what? We are an anxious people, and we live in a very anxious world. And we all experience those anxieties in different ways. Uh, Some people experience it in very crushing and debilitating ways. Other people just, it comes and goes. But we all experience um, these anxieties, and what we need is the Prince of Peace to rule in our anxious hearts. And it's not that doctors or counselors can't be helpful. They can be tremendously helpful. But ultimately, we need the Prince of Peace. How do we experience that? Three things. One is we need to remember that he came to bring his peace to this world. We need to remember his power and his presence and his love with us. So my, my challenge to you is that whenever you see a manger scene, there's one a manger scene over here on the organ. You probably have one in your house. You may have decorations or something with this manger scene. When you, when, you see, when you look at the center of that scene and you see that baby, know that that's the God of the universe who came in love to this world to save us and to bring us this peace that we need. So when we feel anxious, we remember that he came. And secondly, we, seek, we actively seek his kingdom of peace. We seek him through prayer. We seek him through his word. The Bible as we meditate on his word. We, we seek him together as a community in our, and in our everyday lives. That's why we're a church. That's why it's important for us to gather together to help each other seek God's kingdom and push each other towards that because we need to align ourselves with what he's doing in this world so that we experience his peace. And, and thirdly, we need, to, we need to speak truth to ourselves. It's a sort of a a self-talk that's God's truth towards us. And self, self-talk can be sort of a, a therapeutic thing that's helpful for people. But for us, when we speak God's truth to our anxiety, it is a powerful thing. So, for example, if your anxious thoughts sound like, you know, I'm not good enough, I don't really belong, what if people reject me? Those, those are questions of worthiness. You know, am I worthy of love and respect and acceptance? And when, when that's your anxious thought, the truth that you speak to it is that I am, I am created in the image of God, that God loves me, that by faith I am his child, and that nothing can snatch me out of his hand once I'm there, that I have a place of belonging, that I have, a true, I have true love and family and acceptance. Maybe your anxious thoughts sound something like, you know, I can't make a mistake. I can't make mistakes at work. I can't make a mistake at school. I have to be a perfect parent. I have to get everything right. You know, what if I mess up? What will people think of me? Those are issues of control. You know, the question is can I control, can I fully control the circumstances of my life? And the truth we need to speak to ourselves is no, you cannot control your life in all of your circumstances. But God is in control. Romans 8.28 says, We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That the God of the universe is, is in control and working all things for good, even things that we don't understand and things that are hard. God is working it all together for his purposes and for our good. And we need to remind ourselves that that is true. Perhaps your anxious thoughts might sound like this. You know, I'm destined to fail. Things will never get better. I'll never get ahead in life. I'll always be stuck. Those are issues of hope. You know, do I have genuine hope for my future? And the truth is in Jesus Christ, you have ultimate hope. You have a beautiful inheritance. There's a joy-filled future for everybody who is in Christ. And your past doesn't control your future. You're never doomed. You're never too far gone. And the same God that fulfilled the promise that a prince of peace would come is going to fulfill the promise to uh, to bring his kingdom in all of its fullness one day. And we can trust him in that. That we all have hope as we trust our Lord. That's the peace of God. That's the peace we need to speak into our anxious thoughts. It's the peace of his presence and being who he created us to be. Remember, the shalom of God is not just removing your anxiety. It's about about making you more, more, you become more human because you become more who God designed you to be as we live with his peace and his truth ruling in our lives. How are we going to find peace in our world this Christmas? We need peace with God. We need the Prince of Peace. He's the one who came to bring a whole new age of Of peace between people and God and we need the peace of God to rule in our hearts and look at verse 7 again from Isaiah 9 of the greatness of his governance and peace there will be no end it it just increases and increases and my prayer for you is that there will be no limit that you might experience God's peace in increasing ways in your life let us pray Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. We thank you that we can have peace with you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us all to be peacemakers in our families and in our neighborhoods and in our work and in our world. I pray that you would rule in the hearts of everyone here. God, I pray especially for those who struggle with anxious thoughts. I pray that... um, they would remind themselves that you accept them as your children, that you are in control, and that you give us hope. We thank you that the increase of your rule and your peace has no end. May it increase in our hearts and in our lives this Christmas and always. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.